Hi, I'm Molly Weinberg, and I'm a Philly-based lifestyle influencer who gives all the deets when it comes to wellness, travel, even entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Molly Weinberg Podcast, where I chat with experts ranging from gut health specialists to fashion icons and everything in between. I want to share all the specifics to help you live your best life. I'm not sparing any details. Yep, no questions are off limits. Every week, you will walk away from each episode feeling more motivated and more informed than before. Tune in weekly to the Molly Weinberg Podcast to never miss a beat. I don't know who I would be without 9-11 happening to me. And I think that that's probably very different for even for my siblings because of the point in their life when they lost their sibling. I'm going to be really real with you guys. This episode is pretty intense, quite emotional. Both Jen and I shared some tears If you didn't already know, this year marks the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And this week's guest, Jen Reese, her brother passed away in the Twin Towers while he was working. Jen promised herself 20 years ago she would never let her brother's memory run out. And you'll see in this episode, she and her family have kept that promise. They honor him in very special ways, day after day, month after month, year after year. I'm so grateful Jen chose to be on the Molly Weinberg podcast to really talk this through. She does talk about this incident publicly and very honestly, so you'll hear firsthand her experience, how she coped, and how important community was to her when facing such a tragic incident. In case you're wondering, Jen lives just down the road in South Philly with her husband, her newborn, and their dog. She is so approachable, so friendly, so welcoming. Her energy is contagious. You just want to keep talking with her. Even after we finished the recording, we talked for like 30 minutes more about all things Bravo, all things pop culture. She's just such a sweetheart. And um, I hope you guys take away some meaningful lessons from, from this episode. So with that, let's begin. So this is the 20-year anniversary that we are honoring And I think the best way to go about this to start is just to hear your relation to 9-11. So my brother Joshua passed away on September 11th. He worked in the World Trade Center in the North Tower. His name was Joshua Scott Reese. He was 23 years old and he worked for Cantor Fitzgerald. Um, And for a lot of people who might be listening, you might that name might be like, that sounds really familiar. Um, It happens to be one of the the companies that lost the most amount of people. They Their offices tend to be on the higher floors. Um, and so they pretty much lost every single employee they had that day. We're not exactly sure, depending on the week or the month, what floor he was on, but we're thinking he was on like 104 of the North Tower. So there really wasn't any um, opportunity for, for him to survive, sadly. I come from a really large family. He was number two out of five. So I'm one of five kids, four boys and myself, I'm the youngest. And yeah, it was just a crazy 20 years, I guess you could say. Um, It's still something that my, we, you know, we quote deal with. We deal with it every single day, but each of me and my siblings and my parents have our own ways that we kind of deal with it. And for me, one of them is just making sure that his memory is like very, very much present and that he is always remembered. Absolutely. How did you find out 
on that day? Yeah. So I actually went to Jewish day school. I went to Abrams Hebrew Academy and I was in the sixth grade and our school period ended and we, I just finished Hebrew class. And so everyone was in different like Hebrew class levels. And so we all kind of met in the hallway afterwards and in our cafeteria, which sounds kind of weird to say, but we had this big giant screen TV because it like doubled as like our, you know, like entertainment area. And I saw it on the TV. There were some teachers who had turned it on. And at first I like thought it was a movie like set. Like I didn't fully get it. And somebody came up to me and they're like, did you hear what happened? A plane crashed into the World Trade Center. And like, I was 11. Like I thought somebody was making a joke. And I was like, oh yeah, a plane crashed in. Ha ha. Yeah. And they're like, no, really it did. And I was like, it like didn't click. And I like ran to my best friend, Rachel, and I was like, she was in a different class. And I was like, did you hear what happened? I can't tell if it's real or not. I walked in back into the building, into the cafeteria, and on the screen was the plane going into the second tower. And I was like, uh, what? And I like instantly ran to our principal's office. This is where I like always get upset because it's just like so sad. I like ran to my principal and she like already knew. She was like, your brother's on his way to come get you. And I just like looked at her and I was like, what is happening? I felt bad for so many like adults in my life because they didn't know what to say. Like nobody knew what to say. And so within like five minutes, my brother, Adam, my oldest brother was there. He literally like didn't say a word. We got into the car, we sat down, didn't say a word. It was like silence. Mm. And I remember like exactly where I was on the drive home from school, which was only like a five minute drive. I turned to him, dead silence. And I said, do you think Josh is okay? And he looked at me and he said, sweetie, I don't want to lie to you. I don't think so. And truthfully, so much after that, like, it's such a blur to me. And I learned years later that I actually suffer from PTSD as a result of it. Because that whole next, like, six months, just, like, there's bits and pieces I remember, but it all just, like, very much blends together. The last sane moment I had was in that car. I got home. My dad, who like, my dad is this like big six foot five, like giant man who like everyone used to be afraid of. He was just sitting at the table, bawling his eyes out. Oh my, my mom caved into herself and it was really, really hard. There was like a good nine months to a year. Pretty much every day when I got off the bus from school, there would be a news person in front of our house or there would be a newspaper or ABC news. And it would always just be like, it's been three months. How do you feel? And it's like, what do you mean? How do we feel? Like we're devastated. It was September, I think 29th, when we finally had a memorial service, when we finally said, we have to kind of accept the reality of what, what is happening. In the first couple of weeks, we had people at our house every day calling every hospital, every Red Cross, praying and hoping that he was unconscious or took in too much smoke and was just like in a hospital and like they didn't know who he was like we prayed for it and so we finally had a memorial service which was crazy and very hard for our family about five thousand people showed up wow 
every aspect of his life. We were in a pretty large synagogue and there was a good 2000 people outside who couldn't even make it in. Yeah, it was kind of nuts. We didn't really realize the reach that my brother had in life at just 23 years old, a baby pretty much. It started in October. In October, the FBI knocked on our door and said, we think we might have found your loved one's remains. We need to do a DNA test and swab everyone in your family's mouths. And they said, well, why do you think you found his remains? And he said, can I come inside? And we said, yes. And he hands over to my mom, which she still has. We refuse to give it to any kind of museum just because it just seems way too personal. He hands over his World Trade Center ID card. Like the physical card to enter the building with his face and name pretty much fully intact. It was like ripped in a couple corners. It was covered in remains. Still to this day, if you hold it, dust gets on your fingers. And they said, we, we got to a section of the building, the basement, which is a whole nother story. Um, we got to the basement and we lifted up the stairs and we found a bunch of remains and peeking out was your son's ID card. So it was a like... It was bittersweet, right? We were like, okay, we can kind of like close the book. We know, we know for certain that he's dead, right? I think we all knew, but it was like a bittersweet moment of like, wow, we'll be able to have a proper burial, which so many people still to this day don't have, but also our worst reality hit again, right? Here it is. We knew for sure. So we had a ceremony and everything, a full funeral, We were very lucky, but it was a traumatic experience for my family. In Jewish practice, you have to identify the body. How do you identify remains? So they had to basically stick his remains in like a box with a sheet over it. And my brother and my father had to stick their hand in and say like, this is my beloved and hope that the flesh and bone that they felt was actually that. So like, I can't even imagine what they go through. Um, but it was really, really hard. And it took, God, I think like eight years. It was until my oldest brother, Adam, had a kid, daughter, who we were, a- when we were able to actually like see life again, be happy and enjoy the moment. But still to this day, every happy moment we have, there's just a little bit of an overshadow. And I would be lying if I said like, I gave birth to my daughter And within like an hour, my thought was immediately, Josh will never get to meet her. That's the hardest part because it wasn't something that we could plan for. It wasn't like he was sick and it wasn't a normal incident. Like, you know, I think I can relate very much to somebody who lost somebody in a car accident or something like that, because it's not something you ever saw coming and it just flips your life upside down. But I think the difference for me is that I have to watch my brother die on television all the time. It's in movies. It's in television. They play the actual footage of it, like, whenever they can. I watch a movie, and there's, it's, like, before 9-11, and I see the towers, and my husband will look at me and be like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm okay. It's good. Like, it happens. But it's something that I'm, like, consciously aware of. I don't think, like, literally a day has gone by in 20 years that I haven't thought about it. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people listening who have lost a loved one in any regard can fully relate. So I really thank you for sharing such, such a personal story. And I think I'm done crying now. I think we're good. We got it all out of the way. You really can continue crying through the whole episode. This is as real and raw as it gets. So please don't be embarrassed or feel like you have to hold it together. You can let it all out. Thank you. Yeah.
what was it like going back to school? And how did your teachers and principal accommodate such a loss? It was interesting. I will preface by saying, like, I'm going to give you from what I remember. But like I said, like, so much of that period of my life is, like, washed clean because of PTSD, because of the trauma that I faced with all of it. And I think the part that's so important in all this is, like, right, yes, I lost my brother. But I also, like, for a period of time, like, lost my parents. Like, they were just distraught, as rightfully so. It wasn't just the loss of my brother. It was like my whole life changed overnight and not in a way that anyone would ever wish for. My teachers in my school was, were amazing. And I truly say to myself that I am who I am because of that school. I am probably the most proud student and alumni of Abrams Hebrew Academy that ever existed because those teachers made such a difference in my life. They would sit down and help me do my homework because they knew my mom just couldn't. Like, she just couldn't do it. My dad owned a business. He was, like, not always around as much, like, during homework time. The principal would know that I was struggling and would, like, drive me home from school instead of making me take the bus. I had pretty much open access to the phone in the office, like, whenever I wanted. I'd walk in and be like, I want to call my mom. And they'd be like, okay, sure. (laughs) But also, they didn't treat me like somebody who was sick or like, oh, we have to be really careful around Jen. Like they treated me like a normal person. And I think that that helps so much, like having normalcy for eight hours every day where I could completely disconnect from what was going on at home. I also can say that they pushed me forward in school. If I had gone to public school, truthfully, like they probably would have held me back. I just wasn't meeting the standards. I wasn't finishing my homework all the way. I would turn things in late. And I think the teachers were super understanding of it and knew that I was a really smart kid and I just needed the kind of break right then and there. But it would be hard because like my mom would get angry at me. Like, you're not doing well in school. And I'm like, I need your help. And like, she'd be thinking she was helping. But looking back, I think now she even recognizes like, I was not helping. Like I, I was drowning myself. That's what was happening. So I'm very, very, very fortunate. The school was so amazing. My friends were unbelievable. And I still have so many of those same friends. Like my very, very best friend is somebody who I became friends with a week before 9-11 started. So she is my closest and bestest friend in the entire world. And she, she's going to kill me for this, but maybe she'll be happy. If you need your photos taken, this is your plug, Rachel. Raylan Photography. She's the best photographer. Use her. But we've been friends for 20 years. We became, we we went to Abrams together from first grade on, and we never had a class together until sixth grade. And like the first week of classes, we like instantly clicked and became best friends. And Her and her family, they're my second family. Like I lived at their house in middle school because it was, again, an escape from the reality that was my own home at the time. I think something you said that's really key is that the teachers and administration treated you as a normal student and didn't make all these crazy exceptions and didn't say, oh, we have to be careful around her. You know, it's like that was probably the best thing for you. It was honestly, it made me feel normal again. And I, I still think probably to this day, they wondered, did we do the right thing? But they did. And I tell them that all the time. And I still speak about, uh, about 9-11 there because they like love to have me come back and talk to the students because I was a student there. And it's always around, you know, the idea that community, you never know what your, your peers and your friends are going through behind closed doors. 
granted everybody knew what I was coming through behind closed doors there were no doors it was just open it's so astute of you to be able to look back now and see how wonderful they were to you and to have such like a positive memory in such a horrible horrible time that you can say you know this school really acted as my community really supported me really made me who who I am today it's actually part of my whole being is that I I do the work that I do and we haven't even gotten into that, but it doesn't really overlap so much, but I'm a Jewish community professional. Um, Right now I'm a Hillel director at Westchester University, Rams Up. And I do it because I want other students to feel the impact of community the way that I did. I think that being part of any kind of community, whether it's religious or, you know, topical or whatever it is, is so important because it's having somebody to lean on. It's a support system. It's a group of people who share an interest. And I think if you haven't found your community yet, go out there and find it. It's out there looking for you. I promise. Your vibe attracts your tribe. I learned that actually when I was at UT Austin visiting for a different event. And one of the students said that and like had it printed on a t-shirt. And I was like, I love that. I'm going to start using that. I've never heard that. And I think that that might be one of the greatest expressions I've ever, I can find a sticker to put on my laptop. I'm for (laughs) sure getting that because that really, really speaks to me. I like that. Yeah. You mentioned, for instance, you know, having your daughter and in such a beautiful time and a special time within an hour, your thoughts were of course about your brother, Josh. So how do you not only honor him, but try your best to live in the moment? Yeah. It's something that me and my siblings, I think, all struggle with finding a balance with. And each of us handle it very differently. So my oldest brother, Adam, his daughter is actually Addison Joshua. So her middle name is Joshua. Very, very aware of her her uncle and, and his impact. For me, I honor him in different ways. So f- I try to talk about him as much as I can in not this kind of manner, like in a way where like... You know, if somebody was like, oh, you come from a big family, like I'll mention, I'll be like, yeah, you know, my brother passed away at the World Trade Center, but he like loved fish. He was like the world's biggest fish fan, the band, um, and the Grateful Dead. For a second, I was like, are we talking about the band or like salmon? Because I can get down to the <laughs> <of> salmon. <laughs> he did actually really love salmon, but no, the band fish, like toured around the, the country seeing fish um, and the Grateful Dead. And so I'm always trying to incorporate him in to my life, but I'm really fortunate. I have a a significant other husband who I kind of knew he was the one when 9-11 was as important to him as it was to me. And he didn't lose anybody. It only came up in conversation because, you know, we were getting to know each other on like one of the first dates or whatnot. And I mentioned that my brother passed away in the World Trade Center. And he instantly said, oh, well, my dad was in the Air Force and he was deployed the next day. I go, oh, wow, that's crazy. And he was like, yeah, he was deployed to Afghanistan. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, this is somebody who really understands it. And then like a couple weeks later, months go by, whatever. And he says to me, I have something I want to tell you. It's kind of weird. I was like, okay. He's like, I went to a memorial service for 9-11 after it happened. And everyone was given out a name on a card. And and then he said, like, don't worry, I did, wasn't given your brother's name. And I was like, because that would have been too weird, right? He's like, but I kept that card. And it was on my bulletin board in my bedroom. And he's like, and it's still on my bulletin board today. He's like, I never knew why I kept it. I never really understood the significance of it. But like, it always meant something important to me, like this person I've never met who passed away. 
And he's like, and I feel like it was because like, I knew one day I was going to meet you and like, this was going to be the story, right? He had this connection to 9-11 already. He felt it. And I think it just made me just feel so comfortable knowing that this isn't something so weird. This is somebody who not only gets it because like, he obviously cared enough to carry that card around, but like his dad had to leave as a result of my brother dying, right? My husband is somebody who really thinks it's important to incorporate my brother into things. And so like when I had my, when I created my playlist for, for pushing, right? It sounds so silly. I, and I couldn't even tell you now if the song played, but like there were two songs on there that I knew would remind me of him. At my wedding, it was actually very sweet. We didn't really do best man maid of honor. We had our siblings speak. So my three brothers spoke and his sister spoke. And in my brother, my, when my brother spoke, the last brother who spoke, who's the closest in age to me, in his speech, actually, he told a story about Josh. And that's how we honored him. He told a story about when, you know, he went to visit Josh at college. Josh made a joke like, hey, John, have you ever met my buddy Jim? And it was like a giant bottle of Jim Beam. And it was like the first time he got like plastered. And so there were shots of Jim Beam. And that's how we he ended the speeches that we all, my siblings and myself and my husband, all took a shot together in honor of him. So we like always try to incorporate it into our life. But I think the biggest challenge that we all face, except for my oldest brother, because like his daughter's 13 now and she's like fully aware of everything, is like, how do we tell our kids? It's a moment where I'll tear up again because it's, there is no right way. And they're gonna find out about it because it's taught in school. And it's a matter of like, when are they gonna find out? And what grade are they gonna start talking about heroes? And they talk about the firefighters and do I connect it then? At what age do I, and there's no right answer. But yeah, we really try to honor him as much as physically possible. I hope to one day have a son and I'll get to name him Joshua. The first little boy in our family was born, which is very funny. There were five, you know, five kids, four boys and me. And now my grandparents have six granddaughters and one grandson. Wow, it flipped. And what's crazy is the age gap between my oldest brother and I is the same age gap between my oldest niece and the boy. So how long it took my family to have a girl was the same amount of time it took my family to have a boy. Wow. Almost. It's nuts. I always say like if I had a son and I named him Josh, like his name wouldn't be Josh Reese. So I kind of like the idea that our brother Josh is Josh and there's just a bunch of kids now in the family named after him. We're like my big fat Greek wedding where everyone has the same name. It's the best movie. It's so underrated. It used to be like the hype and now it's like no one talks about it. Oh, I'll talk about it any day, Molly. I'll come back. We can talk about it again. You're welcome back anytime. You mentioned you and your family honor Josh every year. Is that in your hometown or you go to New York? We actually have a memorial in Bucks County in Yardley. Um, So 18 residents of Yardley passed away in the World Trade Center. So which is a large number for not so close to New York. I did not know that. Yeah, so 18 um, victims of 9-11 passed away that were from um, Bucks County. And so there's a memorial right in Yardley. So we go there every year. I myself have been to the memorial and the museum um, a few different times. I can say certainly that my brothers also have been at least once. My dad went through it for like a second my mom has no interest and will never probably go to the museum. I think it's just too hard for her. And to quote her, and I think it's actually very beautifully said, I want to be where he lived. I don't want to be where he died. Wow. Yeah. That's so powerful. You know, me and my my husband talked a little bit about potentially going to New York this year for the 20th anniversary, but it's not where I feel comforted. 
I feel comforted amongst my community who really made beyond my school, just like the whole Yardley Bucks County area. Like they were so influential in my family's ability to like come back from this. And so like, that's where I want to be. I want to be with the people who supported us in the moment. It makes complete sense. It really does. How did something so tragic change your outlook on life? I don't know who I would be without 9-11 happening to me. And I think that that's probably very different for even for my siblings because of the point in their life when they lost their sibling. I was 11. If you look in like, you know, into like psychological aspects of this, it was a pivotal point in my development. Socially, there were things that I lack, but also have gained that other people don't have. I can talk about just about anything with anybody at any point. I'm like very open. I have that sense from you without even talking to you. You just yeah. have that energy about you, which is incredible. You are, you, your presence feels like an open book and so warm and welcoming. And I think that's why I'm successful in the work that I do because my job is to be the welcoming person, to be like the Jewish mom on campus for these students. And I really am like to an extended open book. Like there's really nothing about my life that I am not proud of, including this part of my life. Like I said, I, I don't know who I would be without it. I look at it as like the silver lining. And I think it's important for everybody, no matter what you've been through in life, to try to find that silver lining. And for me, my silver lining is I could have been a lawyer, which my husband always says, like, I don't know why you didn't go to law school, right? I could have done so many other things and probably truthfully made a lot more money. But I choose to do the work that I do, whether it's with college students or high school students or elementary age students or just families as a whole, because of what I went through, you know? And so I think everybody has to find the silver lining to their tragedy in life or their hardship um, and say, I'm not going to let it affect me in a negative way. It can affect me in a positive way, um, which for me, it has. I feel very passionate about the work that I do. My family is unbelievably close, which I think it would have been anyway, but not to the point that it is now. I just, I wouldn't know who I'd be without it. Um, it's so much of my identity. And yet I try to make sure that I have other parts of myself that to make me feel whole that don't have anything at all to do with my brother. Yeah. Did you, did you or your siblings feel the need to go to therapy? I don't want to expose too much information. So I'm not going to like share anyone specific information, but yes. And I am like the biggest supporter of therapy. Go, especially if you're a college student and you're listening right now. This should be your reminder. You get free mental health services. Take advantage of it. I have been in and out of therapy and I have gone as far to try different therapies. And what really was like life-changing for me is called um, eye movement desensitization reprocessing, um, which sounds really crazy, but basically it's a very intense six-week therapy where you like have to relive a lot of your worst fears and traumas and whatnot 
And what normally takes somebody like six months to a year took me like six weeks. And like, it was like miraculous, like instantly my anxiety got better. Um, And I still suffer to this day. And um, it's not something that I shy away from talking about. Like I have depression that it's probably chronic at this point. So at points in my life, I'm completely fine and have no problems at all. And at other points, I'm a little more depressed. And I deal with like some pretty bad anxiety related to it. It's like weird anxiety though. Like if I can't get a hold of my husband. And this is also how I knew he was a perfect person. Like if I can't get a hold of him and I haven't heard from him in an hour since I called, like I'm calling back. And he's never, ever, ever in all of the time we've been together, almost six years, has ever said like, you're calling too much or you're texting too much because he gets it. When I would be dating guys, like before I met him, like they wouldn't get it. And it would be like a anxiety thing. It wasn't even like a, I'm so, so into you. I need to be talking to you. It was like a, are you okay? It's very, that's a whole nother topic too. Like dating after the trauma of like losing something so large in itself is like, was really hard. And my husband and I, like, I feel like we never really even dated. We went from like meeting to like being fully together. We just clicked. Did you ever experience anxiety with flying or going into a tall building, going up in an elevator, escalator, a bunch of flights? I have a really hard time if the building is like over 20 floors or so. If I'm staying at a hotel, like in a major city, I will specifically ask to be on a lower floor. I am petrified of flying and I still do it. So I I take the drugs and I- Yeah, and I was I, say, how do you soothe yourself? Medication, medication, lots of medication. I refuse to let the terrorists win. So that's like a whole nother part of my existence, which is like, I'm a huge advocate for anti-terrorism, which I think we all inherently are, but um, I refuse what they want to do is, is ruin my life. And I will not let them do that any further. And so I live my life. I go do those things. I, but I, I will be the first person to say like, I'll get on a plane and go to Israel for, you know, the, the 10 hour flight. I will cry probably like a quarter of the flight. I will cry for three weeks before I get on that plane. I'm petrified, but I still do it. No, it it makes sense where you're coming from. So tell me what you're doing now. (laughs) What is your life looking like as a 31-year-old? So my husband and I, Matt, uh, we live in South Philly with our 11 and a half month old baby girl named Hannah, who's the sweetest little thing. And our uh, two-year-old miniature golden doodle, Frankie. He is for sure a member of the family. I'm the director of Jewish life at Westchester University in Westchester, Pennsylvania. And I'm just chilling, man. Just trying to get by. This COVID thing is really just thrown such a loop. But I have been home in my home working every day since March 3rd of 2020 because I was I found out I was pregnant at the end of December and my students went on spring break March 3rd um, and they never came back. And I was like, I'm not leaving my house. Even before like lockdown happened, I was like a week ahead of everybody else. I was like, I'm not leaving my house. How do you practice self-care? I'm curious what you would say because I ask a lot of guests on the show and I feel like you especially would really need that alone time to kind of just be. So that's exactly um, how I say that. I am one of these weird people. Like I'm sure you can already tell I'm super extroverted But deep to my core, I'm actually not an extrovert. I'm very much an introvert and I love to be alone. 
probably more than the average person likes to be alone. So for me, it's not exciting. My self-care is like sitting on the couch, watching Bravo, TikToking, and I'm in like a lot of like Facebook groups specifically to one podcast. And I like spend a lot of time like scrolling through it, looking at like Bravo drama or mom stuff. And I'm going to actually make a little bit of a plug. I met a group of moms through a Facebook group um, through the podcast, The Morning Toast. Um, I don't know if you listen, but I'm like a big toaster, real big toaster. And I met a group of moms through a Facebook group related to the morning toast. We all had our babies within like a couple days of each other, minus one who delivered really early with twins. And this was over a year ago. And we're still all of us talking every single day. And I truly believe that they have helped me beyond 9-11, like this whole pregnancy COVID thing has been like the second hardest thing I've ever gone through in my life. And this group of 10 women have become like my tribe and like my go-to people for any piece of advice I need. And I'm just like so fortunate for them. So if your vibe attracts your tribe, and if you're looking for a tribe of people, just go out there and be yourself and put yourself out there and you will find it. That's so special. Really? That's, that's so cool. We're like trying to plan a trip to Napa. Oh my um, God, you should. Yeah, like leave our babies home with our husbands and just. That's so cute. Yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. For those listening who really relate to you on whatever level it may be, maybe they have lost someone tragically or not. What's one piece of advice that you really think can bring them through and make their day a little bit better? One piece of advice I think I would give is it's not, I'm sorry to tell you, it's not going to get better tomorrow, right? People are going to be like, it's going to get better. It will. Your pain will never go away, but it will get easier to deal with every day. And in those moments where you have a great day and you come home and you realize that you hadn't thought about whatever that was and the guilt associated with it, don't feel that guilt because your loved one or, you know, who passed away or who's sick, or you think like, how could I have forgotten about it? Um, they want you to be happy. They want you to live a full life. And so it's okay to have those moments where you move on from it, but don't forget it. Um, yeah, it's like, and I think that this comes with losing a grandparent or a parent with anything. Like, it's okay to have a happy moment happen and to think about the loved one afterwards. I didn't think about my brother on my wedding day fully until like after the party, until like my brother made the speeches or whatever, but it wasn't like a sad moment. It was like after that it like hit me and I wasn't upset about it. I was like, you know what? I'm really glad that I was able to like get through this day knowing that he was with me and enjoy the moment without feeling the guilt. And you're allowed to have happy moments like Your loved one wants you to have happy moments. They don't want every moment to be shadowed by, you know, something sad. And try to find the good in in every bad situation that you have. Um, There really is something there. Um, It might take time to figure it out. It might be, you know, that you, you yourself showed yourself the strength that you had, right? And I think that that in itself is something that everyone should be proud of. Definitely. I think guilt is like an entire another episode because 
I experience that still, and I know a lot of people probably do. It's hard to separate the two from enjoying yourself and then feeling guilty that you are enjoying yourself, especially on those bigger days where, you know, for me, my dad's birthday or Father's Day or even Thanksgiving when it was like a my parents hosted. So when it's at my mom's house, now it just feels a little empty. So, but what I'll tell you is in those moments, even if in the beginning you have to intentionally plan it, plan something that honors your dad, yeah, but doesn't overshadow it. Yeah. Right. So like if your dad had a favorite kind of wine that you guys served on holidays, like make sure you drink that wine. And like, I can say this because we're both Jewish, like make that Lachayim like the biggest one you can, right? Find a way to incorporate him in without it overshadowing. And it takes, I'm 20 years out. And like, I sometimes can't even say Josh without crying. Also give yourself grace, right? There's no timeline for grief. And I think I will yes. cry 20 more years later, the same way I'm crying now. And honestly, I probably think 20 years later, I probably will cry harder. This is all honestly gotten harder for me as I've gotten older because it's been so long and you think about all the things that they missed, but you have to believe that they're, they're with you. Like they're there in those moments. And Definitely. I, a whole nother topic, I could tell you instances where like, I know for a fact my brother was there. Me too. And so if you believe that it's there and how amazing is it to like know that like when you saw that whatever it was, the light or the 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 bug or whatever it was that you were like, holy shit, believe it because it's true. I fully believe what you're saying and I fully believe in seeing signs. You have to look for them, right? They're not just going to like slap you across the face, but if you are looking for them, they are there. And that is like, I don't care what belief system you have. If you look for them, your loved one is coming forward towards you every day. And you just, it's just a matter of, are you aware of it or are you not in the moment? You are spot on, truly. I mean, the amount of times, like I've been in my daughter's room, like putting her to sleep and like, I feel it. Like I, I, the other day I said to my husband, like, there's a shadow. There was a shadow over her crib when I put her down. Like I almost felt like, are my eyes broken? Like is something going on here? I'm dead serious. And I walked out of the room to make sure. Cause like the room's dark when I put her down and my eyes were perfectly fine. And I looked on her monitor and there was like one of those like little orby things like that floated by. And I was like, for sure, hundred percent. Like whether it was my grandparent or somebody was there in that moment, like, I'll oh, help her go to sleep. Don't worry. I fully believe. Yes. I'm a believer. Okay. Well, to completely switch gears because yeah. I ask everyone who comes on <laughs> first, if people want to reach out and chat with you, maybe I send you a message. Can you share anything of your social? Yeah. So my Instagram, I think that's probably the only place I would recommend anyone follow because it's like the only thing I keep up to date. My Instagram is Jennifer Dara. So Jennifer, like the way you would normally spell it, Dara, D-A-R-A. It's primarily pictures of like my husband, my baby and my dog. So it's really not that exciting. But if there's like an incident in Israel, like it blows up. Like I am like really anti-terrorism, putting out really hopefully helpful insight and insightful information for people. So feel free to come, come on over, say hi. Yes. And last question that I ask everyone, what is your favorite product that you either have purchased, borrowed, rented, were gifted, anything? So I'm going to actually give two products. One I've never used, but I like really want to. And I think it really like, 
it really connects to what we're doing, which is Legacy Box. I don't know how many people have used Legacy Box or if you've ever heard of it, but basically it's um, a company that takes all of your memories, like pictures, videos, DVDs, and they digitize all of it for you in like a cloud or something that lives on forever. And I think that that's by far one of the coolest things that goes out there. Cause like, I don't know about you, but like we have tubs of photos in my parents' house, mm-hmm. like thousands upon thousands of photos that like, they're never getting organized. But if I could just like ship them off to a company who's going to like put them into files for me on my computer, like, I think that that's amazing and falls into this category of like, how do we remember somebody who's lost? So preserving your legacies. The second would be LaMarca Prosecco. I think every basic girl, especially those who like watch Bravo, probably drinks LaMarca. It's the blue label Prosecco. It's great for a special occasion. It's great when you like need a drink. It's great (laughs) for all occasions. And I love LaMarca. It's my favorite alcoholic beverage. And now they sell the mini bottles so you can like pretend like you're not overdoing it you can just have like a glass yes you have to tell me who's your favorite on bravo of any of the real housewives oh no i love them i think right now i have to say and she's not even a housewife is like kathy hilton because she's just like really bringing it on beverly hills i also want to know who hunky dory is Mm -hmm. um oh this is like so hard well my favorite franchise of all time is by far new jersey and it will always be they're a shit show they're the best all right, I'm putting I'm putting a line in the sand here. I think my all-time favorite housewife, just because like I always agree with her and I think she's hilarious, is probably Kyle Richards. I, I love her. Love Kyle Richards. I have a huge crush on Mauricio. I follow yes. all of their children on social media. Mm-hmm. I just love the whole Richards Umansky clan. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to share with your friends, family, loved ones, really anyone who you think would gain value from this episode. And if you're feeling up for it, please subscribe, rate, and review. It means so, so much. 